Rolling. Hi guys, welcome to the third installment of Let's Talk by Paper Crane Society. We are your hosts, Kriti and Purvi. Today we're here with a special guest, Ritambara Mehta from Nazaria. Hey, uh, I'm Ritambara. I work with a queer feminist resource group that's based out of Delhi called, um, sorry, I've already <laughs> said the name, it's called Nazaria Queer Feminist Resource Group. We work on gender sexuality issues with a focus on queer women and trans persons. Thank you so much for being here. It's so exciting to have you. Starting with the questions, how can, how can the experience of being and presenting openly LGBTQIA plus impact a person? Um, that's one of the few ways, there, there are multiple and plenty of ways um, people get discriminated against and gender identity, sexual behavior, sexual orientation is one of the ways um, people are also discriminated against. And to sort of get into the details of how this discrimination happens, um, for instance, just start at the school level. So when you are uh, five or six, when you're just entering school, um, there is this uh, there are these particular norms that the school play by the kind of uniforms people are going to wear. Um, I, in fact, the, the classroom that I grew up in, I studied in a convent school, only girls studied there, but I often spoke to um, my friends who studied in co-ed schools. There was this, of course, uniform was one issue, like boys had to wear a certain mm -hmm. uniform, girls had to wear a certain kind of uniform, um, where these girls and boys are going to sit um, the way we are supposed to behave in a classroom, where we are supposed to behave um, in a playground. And the moment you deviate from the norm, the moment you deviate from what it uh, means to be a seven-year-old boy or what it means to be a seven-year-old girl, the, the moment you deviate from that norm, the discrimination starts happening. Right. Um, because there are certain institutions and school is just one example that is segregated um, in this, in this, um, in a gendered way. So mm -hmm. um, only the realities of boys and girls are accepted and nobody else. So the moment you um, feel that you do not, uh, you do not express yourselves well in the uniform that you're wearing or the uniform that you've been told to wear, for example. So here's a person who you think is a woman, but identifies as a, as a, as a boy. They don't feel comfortable in wearing a skirt and a shirt. Um, the, the journey or the distress that a person would go through is uh, something that's, that's, that's even beyond discrimination, so to speak. So these are um, little emotional distressors that a gender non-conforming person or a trans person would go through um, the moment Absolutely. start uh, going to school. And when it comes to sexual orientation, of course, the kind of textbooks that one goes through, the kind of examples that are given in a classroom. And just forget a formal classroom setting, the kind of conversations the friends would have outside of a classroom around crushes, around girlfriends, around boyfriends. 
are also quite gendered as in if if i am somebody um, i'm a woman and i and i like a person of the same sex same gender it's very difficult for me to identify with these conversations as well mm-hmm. for example even in the uh, smaller age groups when we are learning about what a family looks like there's a very particular notion of uh, what a family looks like right there'll be a father there'll be a mother and there'll be kids but mm-hmm. what about uh, what about <laughs> what about people who like the same gender right um right then then is the textbook communicating that that's not possible at all um that you don't fit the norm or or forget uh, gender identity and sexual orientation there could be people in my classroom who have single parents for instance mm-hmm. do we do we imagine a family <laughs> outside of the man woman children norm um can it right. of uh, two fathers can it consist of two mothers or can it consist of a single parent would it be a better option to have unisex uniforms or would it be a better option to sort of start propagating the idea that clothes do not have a gender and people should be able to wear what they can within what the school dress codes offer right 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 amakshita that's a that's a question worth thinking about um of course i don't have a i don't have a clear cut response in terms of if not a uniform then what right because see the reason um again i'm not an expert on this subject but the reason why uniforms were started the idea was to create some sort of a uniformity right because a school would consist of uh, students from all walks of life um there'll be a difference in caste class religion of course gender is one that's really visible right um mm. perhaps that's the reason why uniforms were started to to give a sense of uniformity but when we talk about unisex unisex uniforms then the question also arises what is unisex for us so if i was to if i were to ask you that question what what according to you is a unisex uniform uh well according to me that would also <laughs> quite depend on from which perspective i was saying because uh-huh. if i was speaking from the perspective of a school then that would just simply be a shirt and a pant but right. in my perspective there's nothing really that's completely unisex absolutely mm-hmm. that this is exactly what you need to think about because for us a unisex uniform is um a pant and a shirt for instance but a mm-hmm. pant and a shirt is also extremely gendered right and and to say that let's do away with this these values that we attach to uniform is also not is this quite uh, simplistic right that let me not attach any gendered value to these uniforms to begin with so the idea should also be um again not to sort of get into what uniforms should we be wearing but for example schools as an institution also need to think about the fact that there are people who may not there are girls who may not identify as girls there are boys who may not identify as boys there are people who would like to switch there are people who would like to wear pant and shirt there are people who would like to wear a skirt so the idea also gives that sense of uh, freedom while retaining a sense of uniformity
right yeah again there is no one simple answer but the idea would be to continuously question <laughs> that uh, is this whole solution of providing uniformity also addressing issues of uh, how 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 people attribute a certain gender to the kind of uniform a person is wearing for example if you are wearing a skirt you are a girl if you are wearing a pant you are a boy boys need to wear pants girls need to wear skirt so we need to get over or question these binaries these concepts to um begin with um ritamber you shared several examples of stereotypes in our society so i would like to ask you how do you think what are some specific steps we collectively as a society can take to overcome these harmful generational stereotypes created about lgbtqia+ members um in fact to engage in conversations like these right how many of us and uh, how many of us really um invest our resources and energy into engaging with people who are not like us who are not uh, who are not from the same community who are not from the same diaspora who are not from the same class who are not from the same gender so if i were to sort of again um <laughs> this is something that i'll i'll uh, urge the three of you to do as well so if i were to and then it's not a, it, it won't take a lot of time but if i were to sort of ask you who are your most trusted people in your life apart from your uh, parents your siblings or your relatives if you think of these three people just try and also then think of the class location that they are coming from the region that they are coming from um their gender identity their sexual orientation the language that they speak um the kind of educational qualifications that they have right and right. a lot of us um so when i when i do this exercise i often realize that my circle is limited to limited to the kind of class that i come from it's limited to um gender identity that i identify with mm-hmm. is limited to um so i am friends with people so i identify as queer and my friends are also my my trusted the trusted circle of uh, friends also happen to be from the queer community they are from the same region uh, most of these friends i made um in educational spaces during my bachelor's during my masters so how much energy do we spend on expanding our circles and this is this is and and also there's nothing wrong in it um by default we are wired to affiliate with people who look like us who talk like us who walk like us who are like us who think like us right so there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it but it also leads to a lot of awareness <laughs> beliefs about yeah about people that i've i've i'm not even uh, interacted with and this particularly happens with the uh, people of a of a non normative so to speak gender identity and sexual orientation um if when i think about it my engagement with some with, with spaces like these only started say about 10 years back 15 years back 
but while growing up um for me trans people only met only meant hijras for example um and there was no way for somebody growing up in the 90s without internet to also find out what do we mean by what do we mean by trans identities um for me sexual orientation only meant being lesbian or gay and for me it only meant highly sexualized identities because this is what um or something dirty because this is what my parents communicated to me so how mm-hmm. one uh, how does one come out of it or how does one grow out of these uh, these again erroneous <laughs> beliefs that your parents keep uh, telling you about um so the idea is to is to question each and every aspect and the idea is to also try and um in, in smaller ways to expand your social circle to join a group or to read more or to um watch diversified content on <laughs> on 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 netflix or amazon or whatever whatever uh, form of entertainment that we access online um thank you really much um for your insight about that so my next my next question to you would be is what should be our goal as allies to the lgbtq community mm-hmm. um regarding the protection of queer people going into the next 10 years so you talked about how your experience has been in the previous 10 years mm-hmm. so what do you think going on into the next decade what should it look like what should it be what should our goals be what should our aims be what what outlook do we take towards this as uh, so one thing that uh, and this is something nazari also constantly talks about um that when we consider ourselves allies of course we consider ourselves allies when we are looking at uh, the issue of queerness or or when we look at uh, lgbt as an identity but sort of take a back seat and think about uh, how society generally tends to discriminate against people who are not normal so to speak right so my normal in delhi is very different from your normal in nasik it's very different from uh, purbi's normal in indianapolis right so so generally yeah. tends to discriminate and the idea is to think of uh, think of identity, think of um, issues that lgbt people face and also realizing that uh, the same people are also again so okay okay let me let me put it this way as young people society is against a lot of things that one ends up doing society is against uh, premarital sex society is against uh, <laughs> communicating um fair knowledge on um sexual health and reproductive rights society is against giving comprehensive um, sexuality education to young people 
society is against marrying out of your own caste society is against marrying out of your own religion society is against marrying out of your own race so for example society is against a lot of things and the idea is to not park lgbt issues in a corner and say okay these are lgbt issues these are issues of uh, people people with disabilities these are these are issues of uh, women so to speak and these are issues of x y and z community the idea is also to sort of um, take a back seat and realize that our fight is not against uh, people who bully trans young people who identify as trans the our fight is not just against uh, people who are homophobic but our fight is against elements or our fight is against these norms that that tell us that a is bad and b is good or x is good y is bad so as allies we also need to think about our realities and how one day my reality is normal and tomorrow that reality might not be normal so as allies we also need to keep looking at a larger picture and not just uh, think of ourselves as separate from the kind of struggles lgbt people go through so the idea is also to learn from their lives for example tomorrow um at 22 23 when you're being pressured to get married and if you don't want to get married you want to be an independent person or you want to wait till you reach a certain age to get married the idea is to also then link your struggles as a young woman who has taken a step or has made the choice to not get get married to relate your struggle to that lgbt person as well because the lgbt person is also going through the same social stigma that that you are also going through as a 20 mm-hmm. so the idea is to also think about these social structures rather than focus on for example just gender just sexuality just caste just class so the idea is to think of these things as social structures um today they impact somebody else tomorrow they will impact me and as allies today as allies of lgbt people this is something that we should be building our um knowledge about what are the social structures that discriminate lgbt people so yeah i think you made some great exa- uh, gave us some great examples that put these issues into perspective uh my next question is what what do you think what do you think it takes to create a revolution and massive change in mindset other than representation i also identify myself i'm not, i i of course i identify myself as a queer person but i also identify myself as a feminist so whenever i think of something um these two if i see them as lenses so i will always try and look at something from a queer feminist lens so when i often think of lgbt issues i i often think that we have not even resolved um the issue of gender that that binary notion of gender when it comes to men and women and when when the world has not come to terms with a woman being out in the open how do i how do you even expect the world to come to terms with the fact that um, this person is a lesbian woman for instance right so 
why he even needs to talk about these specific identities as well that identity of a lesbian woman and how is it different from the identity of a gay man and how is it different from identity of a bisexual woman or how how the identity is different the kind of issues and struggles a trans person would go through or the kind of euphoria a trans person would go through so the idea is that how this revolution or the social change or whatever you want to call it would come when these when we when we acknowledge these unique realities but also try and think of what we were talking about earlier right when we also try and think of social structures when we also try and think of why lesbian women are so invisible why bisexual women are so invisible why trans people are trans persons are looked at a certain way so this is what a social change is all about um instead of saying that um we need more um lesbian women um in media we also need to question what works in the media and what does not work in the media what sort of lesbian representation would work in the media and would not work in the media that of course these identities are important and we are here to talk about these identities but let us try and look at uh, <laughs> social hierarchies and social structures outside of those identities i wanted more of a perspective on gatekeeping and homophobia within the lgbt plus community so for example um i have seen a lot of times like a lot of people will accept gay people or lesbian people but not bisexuality or bisexuality would be considered transphobic and they would say pansexuality is not a real sexu- sexuality or asexuality is not within the lgbt community and so there's a lot of conflict within this community so um could you give us more of an insight on that mm-hmm. that's another thing no when when you focus so much on identities when you attach material benefits to these identities it will uh there will be some sort of gatekeeping so for instance um so gatekeeping can be in two ways one is to this is not a legitimate gender identity or this is not a legitimate sexual orientation of course that that's one thing the other sort of gatekeeping is also when we tend to think there is only one way to be a lesbian or there is only one way to be a bisexual person or there is only one way to be trans now this is something one often hears that you are not lesbian enough or you are not trans enough or you are not uh, you're not bisexual enough and what what does it really mean to be um saying all of these things and homophobia within um the lgbt community i think more like not not to sort of um, not to pit homophobia and transphobia together but there is a lot of transphobia within the lgbt community you go on these dating and also see now to think about it lgbt people are also not uh, it's not that lgbt people do not discriminate <laughs> so going back to that first question um so one faces a lot of discrimination from 
people outside the community but when faces a lot of discrimination within the community so lgbt people are also extremely classist lgbt people are also extremely casteist um lgbt people are also extremely transphobic for example um lgbt people are also um not they are also very ableist so for example when you go on these dating sites i am not sure um if you're a, if you're a, if you're a fat person for example your success rate on these dating websites same sex dating websites is also going to be terrible or for example if you're trans and if you go on a dating website uh i'm not sure what sort of a response i'm i'm in fact i'm not sure you'll get a very positive response so this is something and because now now the thing that we believe at nazaria is because we we end up focusing so much on identities and we end up focusing so much on um creating these little cliques and communities that we often tend to forget that what is it that we are fighting against are we fighting against um, each other or are we fighting against that larger structure that oppresses a certain kind of people that oppresses um people with disabilities that oppresses fat people uh, that oppresses black people or that oppresses um people of a certain class caste religion so um again i don't know if it answers your question but uh, of course there is gatekeeping and and there is a reason why this sort of a gatekeeping also happens you rituparna bora and purnima gupta are the founding members of this foundation so um can you tell us a little bit about what you envisioned while creating nazaria and um maybe you can include a story of how the three of you met and conceptualized this organization oh um so ritu and i met as a part of uh, delhi queer pride organizing committee and then both of us uh, went on to work with a collective called kashti it was a lbt collective a lesbian bi collective of lesbian lesbian bisexual and trans persons identified um, assigned female at birth um and then purnima and ritu worked together in an organization and the idea was that all of us identified as feminist as well and the idea was to actually do what i've been talking about right that we are often to look at issues as 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 etc so issues of women issues of children issues of people with disabilities and issues of lgbt people but um, gender and sexuality also cuts across a lot of these identities of uh, women can be bisexual women can be lesbian or or children can identify as trans or 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 their sexual orientation might be different from what the world perceives to be um people with disabilities can can be of varying gender identities and sexual orientations and the idea was to exactly talk about these things that that being lgbt is not an etc but we are part of these various um communities we are part of like our issues cut across issues of um anyone and everyone and this is the reason why we started also all of us um, since people who started it worked in the development sector we often realized that uh, 
education is not just about learning for example it's not just about creating teaching learning materials it's not just about getting more girls to school it's not about uh, about um, enrollment ratios it's not just about marks it's not just about a lot of things that we associate education with but education is also about issues of gender and sexuality have you ever thought about uh, so th these are exact these are these are some things that were going on in our mind that have you ever thought about why girls stop going to school after a particular point and in spite of state governments in india providing them with bicycles still the enrollment rate amongst uh, high school girls is really low um because of course there are issues of um, sexuality at play where the parents don't want girls to go to school after a certain age because they think that they are unsafe they 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 cite um, issues of not having enough toilets in the school for not um, sending their girls to school um then the other the other sort of underlying uh, aspects behind behind the uh, young people not scoring well or young people not 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 interested in education could also be because at the age of 13 you're going through so much um there are changes in your body you tend to see a lot of things around you how do you make sense of the world around you right um how how will i be able to concentrate on 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 a chapter on um, say nuclear reactor or something else when there is there is some other kind of reaction going on in my <laughs> head how do i make sense of it all do i have somebody to talk to uh, is my teacher going to listen to me is my sibling going to listen to me are my parents going to listen to me and the idea was that of course learning is important but at the same time talking about these aspects is also important when you talk when you talk about when when organizations talk about providing equitable healthcare resources or equitable um access to healthcare then one often thinks purely in terms of gender or class but it's also about are my health facilities sensitive towards trans people are my health facilities sensitive towards uh, towards lesbian women are my health facilities geared to provide some relief to gay men for example so these are the kind of questions that were going on in our head and this is what motivated us to um start nazaria that's a really interesting origin story could you talk us through your victory in the shivani bhat versus national capital territory of delhi of delhi and other cases mm -hmm. so um now uh, at that point uh, shivani they preferred the uh, they prefer the name shivi and i think uh, we are not in touch anymore but um, now um, he goes by the name navin so that case was uh, we we had we had just started off it happened in 2015 and we had no idea how to go about it but um, so this person got in touch in fact this person didn't get in touch um, their partner got in touch with us and their partner was back in usa they got in touch with an organization and that organization in bangalore got in touch with us um then we were communicating with navin over a period of few weeks um we asked them to provide us with some uh, legal documents and 
as we were about to rescue them so to speak because they were in a violent and an abusive household um and we were able to do it but we also realized that the family was a little influential and then got in touch with police but everything said and done the judgment that we got towards the end was um so for somebody like me who does not who wasn't say a part of um your nas um that nas victory in 2009 and all of those things for me it was so powerful to see um how how reality of a trans person was translated um into a success story um mm-hmm. in a courtroom where the judge um spoke about how um perhaps there is a need to emancipate yourself from your parents or perhaps there is a need to recognize that this person does not identify with the gender that was assigned to him at birth um the parents are responsible for recognizing it the parents are responsible for letting this person continue with their education in in us um and these are the things that that make you hopeful that even though society um somewhere of course discriminates but law also to a certain extent not always but law also to a, to us to a certain extent also sort of upholds um our constitutional rights and not just in case of navin we have also been part of numerous cases where uh, two women want to live together and we have approached courts and they they really they they've guaranteed that um, there is nothing under the law that can stop two women from living together for example um in case if you're over the age of 18 your parents don't really have a say over your life and the and the constitution would respect your autonomy for instance so these are aspects that one that one feels that that means hopeful that at the end of the day um of course one hears a lot of things about how the legal system works but at the end of the day um, we 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 definitely experience some positive outcomes when we've gone to the courts where judges have have taken out time and have been sensitive to listen to what uh, the petitioners want to say they they pay heed to what they're thinking they pay heed to their emotional turmoil and these are aspects that one sort of pushes the organization or pushes the people who are part of the organization to work further wow that's um so inspiring so i wish navin and all the people that you have helped all the happiness in the future um i'm it's really inspiring as purbi said to hear about all of these stories and i really hope that um you are able to help more people like navin in the future to um gain the rights that they deserve mm. um so nazaria having created um ishq dosti and all that a bilingual short film that two co-founders of Nazaria QFRG were involved in 
Um, could you please share um, a little bit about other media and pop culture that show an accurate depiction of the LGBTQ plus community? And um, you know, I would also appreciate if you could share a little bit about the conceptualization of your of the film. That's a tough one because even uh, when we sit in office and talk about pop culture and social media and all of those things, this is something that we often talk about that what does it mean, like what does representation mean? Um, what does it mean to to see a queer woman on queer women on screen, for example, and it often ends um, with us saying that like having multiple representations, for example, is always um, the way to go. So often we have these in films and in TV shows, we often have this tokenistic queer character, um, but we seldom have uh, <laughs> a character whose queerness is just a part of their lives, right? Um, yeah. Where the character is not seen as a queer person, but it's a character who happens to be <laughs> queer. But at the right. same time, um, we are also at a point where um, last two, three years have been quite uh, amazing when it comes to um, pop culture, media, entertainment, where we have, we've had plenty of uh, queer characters um, and, and one would want that, that sort of a representation to continue, but the way to go would be to, to, to represent uh, lives of queer people as it is and not sort of pander to a certain community and the idea behind making Dosti and all that was exactly that we didn't want an edu a film that educates people on, on, on lives of queer persons. Uh, we didn't want to show this is how a queer person lives, this is something that you can learn from. But the idea was just to capture their life at a particular point, to talk about dating, to talk about heartbreak, to talk about sex, to talk about sexuality and all of those things. And this is how one would want that representation to be, to, to just get a glimpse into um, an aspect of their life. And this is what one also expects from uh, social media, that we don't want these tokenistic characters, but uh, I just want a character who happens to be a certain someone without getting into too many details and that's what I don't think there's something as like true one true representation but yes it's a I don't know like for me it would be the right way to go about mm -hmm. representing my life. Yeah I agree too a lot of um, movies and tv shows just have like these um, outlandish, outrageous representations of members of the LGBTQ plus community that doesn't necessarily align with um, their real lives. And um, I really like the idea behind creating Ish Ghosty and all that. 
Yeah, I just want to mention um, on the terms of pop culture. Um, I recently read uh, a book. Um, all thanks to Kriti, she actually suggested this book to me mm-hmm. called Red, White, and Royal Blue, which I'm a huge fan oh of. Oh my god, now. stop! That's such a good book. I love that book. It is so good. It's uh, uh, Red, my favorite book Blue. too. I can't. Huh? What? Uh, it's Red, White, and Royal Blue. It's a red, white, and royal blue. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I think books definitely do a better job than like TV shows and movies in representing um, the right. LGBTQ plus community. Right. Should have a look at this book. Yeah. Yeah, I had another question. Mm-hmm. So, um, in twenty seventeen. Nazaria QFRG with a Delhi-based sexual and uh, reproductive health and rights NGO, Tarshi, on a series of bilingual workshops on stress management and burnout prevention for LGBTQIA plus individuals. Could you please share some of the simple stress, uh, stress management techniques covered in those workshops? Well, the idea behind organizing those workshops was very simple, not, not simple, a lot of thought went into it and the idea was um, that a lot of people working with the community also happen to be from the community and, uh, and because of which there are certain unique stressors that people go through. Um, and what as as two organizations who work on gender sexuality can... Um, can do to facilitate a space that that only talks about their unique stressors and not about anything else. So that was the idea. And the other idea was that you didn't want to get into. Um, so there is a lot of focus on self-care where people talk about meditation, people talk about exercise, people talk about yoga, people talk about uh, um, a lot of these things that cost a lot of money and, and for instance, meditation, yoga, exercise may not work for a lot of people. Um, because see, that's another thing. No, you also need to understand why would somebody suggest yoga because it's coming, it's coming, it's located in a certain cultural context, right? Why, why yoga is gaining a lot of popularity or why meditation is gaining a lot of popularity. So, the, the idea was to also move away from these uh, often cited and extremely quote-unquote popular ways of uh, um, caring for yourself. So at these workshops, um, one of the things that we did was for people to, to create a space where people can vent, where people can talk about, can bash the community, can bash their families, can, can express themselves. Um, and one often realizes that uh, there are very few spaces available where one can one can be themselves and one can talk uh, without uh, censoring themselves. So that was one idea. Um, so in terms of uh, techniques, of course, there were certain techniques that were shared. Um, there is something called Jinshinjitsu. There's something called uh, emotional freedom technique. Um, but the larger idea was not to really share these techniques, but to, but to come to a space where um, there is, there is, there is communal uh, catharsis. So we did 
um things like uh, in fact all of us and these were adult people who've been working in 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 instances of violence against women for the last 25 30 years but all we did was to draw and color <laughs> for instance um, for us to experience as adults also to get into that space where we are doing nothing but listening to music and drawing something and coloring it to do simple activities like playing with the balloon for instance um or to dance <laughs> or to create music out of uh, out of these simple instruments was something that uh, that led to a certain kind of catharsis so of course there are these lots of techniques there are lots of uh, spaces available that will urge you to do this that and the other but um, just the fact that one created a very one created an exclusive space to talk about these things is what uh, i think worked with these workshops that's um so neat um i wanted to get your opinion on How long do you think it will take for the LGBTQ+ community to um become fully incorporated and accepted in the Indian society? Ah uh, that's so I I really don't <laughs> know how to discuss <laughs> see what do we mean by a fully incorporated so when the laws change when courts allow um people to get married when courts allow people to adopt kids when when insurance companies start catering to same sex couples so what does it mean to be fully incorporated um it can mean all of these things right mm-hmm. and at the same time there's also a possibility that all of these things can happen but still lgbt people are not incorporated and i think one can think about it from the point of view of say for example that binary men women that how women have pretty much all the rights right in every country for instance majority of countries women have um um they have the right to vote they have the right to study they have a right to um get higher education and so on and so forth but do i still think women are fully um integrated or incorporated in our society no there is still a lot of sexism um in fact forget forget the uh, absolute discrimination um all of us do not discriminate against women but at the same time there are certain aspects to our culture that are inherently discriminatory right um the kind mm-hmm. of choices that women are able to make the kind of the kind of uh, educational choices women are able to make um are they are they are they, are they do they have the full freedom or the full full choice to um be a part of public spaces so one is never sure <laughs> what it means to be fully incorporated into something is it just about uh, 
legal aspects or is it about this but perhaps it is about a combination of all of these things in 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 total but again like going back to what i was sharing earlier like this this full incorporation also needs to be thought through that uh, like one needs to work at every level and not just focus on say the legal aspects or the social aspects yeah that was a very interesting conversation thank you again ritambara um you guys at home can support us in nazaria through the links in the description below please share comment like and subscribe thank you for watching stay safe